You are listening to Ron Van Dam, a man who sold his soul for fame and fortune and didn't keep the receipt. This is the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Hey, it's no big deal, believe me. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. Let's not get too excited about this. Although I do have a pretty good show lined up for you today. I think you're going to like it. That's my thought process. Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. I am the person to whom they speak of in the title of the thing. Thanks for being here. It's the Friday weekend edition of the program. Won't be back until Monday, but I don't think anybody's going to be crying about that. That's enough. That's enough. I live in the Northeast right now. There is a cold snap. Temperatures are below zero, which is very odd for this part of the country, actually, in New England. Um, This is one of the few times in my life that my tits have been hard. I'll just wait a second until your mouth closes. Okay, good. I know. Um, anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> I, I kind of, I didn't mean to say that. I kind of surprised myself, to be honest with you. I have an interesting show today for you, as I said, uh, only, uh, only like 40 seconds ago. But uh, my attention span has dwindled over the years. <laughs> I, I've always had a, a very short attention span. I, I can't tolerate anything that lasts more than five minutes. It's difficult for me. Um, this show's a half an hour. This is difficult for me. When I see a movie, no matter how great I think it is, it's difficult for me because of the length of the damn thing. I mean, at the end of the movie, I always say to myself, you know, you could have cut out a whole hour of that cinema there, and I still would have gotten it. It would have been fine. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I used to uh, sit in meetings when I was in business, and uh, I was so bored I couldn't believe it. I used to count the uh, the tiles on the floor. It was just awful. It was horrible. Anyway, enough of my problems. Uh, I wanted to talk about something today that is quite fascinating society-wise. There are words that we use in our language that uh, they're, they're brand names, but the brand names are so popular that we call, call certain things the brand name, even though it's not that brand. I'll give you an example if you just shut up for a minute. Let's take uh, Kleenex. Oh my goodness, I have a cold. Uh, can you get me a Kleenex, please? Well, I don't have a Kleenex. I, I have a store brand tissue. Uh, I have uh, Daisy Tissues. I don't have that brand. No, no, that's the generic word we use now. 
every uh, facial tissue is what it's actually called. Every facial tissue we call a Kleenex, although Kleenex is just one specific brand of facial tissue. That's the example of which uh, I am using in order to explain what I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> I just find it fascinating, and I think we all do this, at least most of us do. For example, uh, let's take a look at the Popsicle. That's uh, a frozen thing on a little stick. Uh, so if we want that, we say, oh, I, I feel like having a Popsicle. Popsicle is a specific brand. Uh, there are other brands that do popsicles, but popsicle is indeed its own brand. But we say, oh, I'd like a popsicle. It's That's what I'm talking. For example, what if you want a soft drink and you're sitting there, you go to a restaurant or something, you go to a bar and, you, and they say, would you like something to drink? Yeah, uh, give me a Coke or a Diet Coke. There are many, many brands of cola there's uh, RC Cola. I don't even know what that stands for. Uh, Royal Crown. I don't know what that is. Uh, there's Pepsi. Oh, my God, Pepsi. Uh, there's Dr. Pepper. I mean, there's all kinds of colas. There's store brand colas, but but we call it Coke. Uh, yeah, I'd like a Coke, please. Oh, we only have Pepsi. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm just using Coke as a generic. Just get me something. Google. I'm going to go Google that. Well, there are other search engines besides Google that have nothing to do with Google. But we say, I'm going to Google it. And we all know what we're talking about, but we may not be actually using the Google search engine in order to do it. There are other search engines. Are you, are you awake? Are you still listening to me? I think this is fascinating. Chapstick. That little thing that you put on your lips, you know, that looks like a little chapstick. There are like many, many brands of that lip moisturizer stuff. Chapstick is probably the most recognized brand, and we use that brand to refer to that entire industry of putting stuff on your lips. Here's an interesting one, Jumbotron. Those are those huge screens that they have in sports arenas and things like that. They're called Jumbotrons. Well, Jumbotron uh, was originally uh, Sony. And then other manufacturers made large, huge TVs, like, you know, that were like, you know, 20 feet across, you know, like Jumbotrons. Those are what we refer to them all as Jumbotrons, but they're not all the Jumbotron brand. That's Sony's brand. Interesting? No? Okay, whatever. Zamboni, you know who that is? The president of Italy? No. Zamboni is that uh, big freaking odd-looking machine that uh, cleans the ice in the middle of hockey games. Actually, there's, there's, no, there's no middle in a hockey game. There's three periods, so there is no middle. <laughs> but Zamboni is a certain brand. It was the original brand. Other manufacturers make ice-cleaning machines for hockey games, but we refer to them all as Zambonis even though Zamboni is a specific brand of ice-cleaning machines. Do you remember TV Dinner? Remember that, huh? That was actually a brand. I believe Swanson uh, was the manufacturer of the TV Dinner. 
And for many years, and still today, to some extent, every time we sit down with an aluminum tray or a tray of something, where you have the compartments, you know, you got the uh, the middle compartment is the meatloaf, that's the bigger one, you know, with that gravy. Then you got the mashed potatoes in the upper uh, right-hand corner and a little thing of peas directly up in the middle. And then all the way to the left is that hot lava apple pie that'll burn your roof of your mouth and uh, just by looking at it. All those things, and there are tons of manufacturers that make prepackaged dinners with compartments in a tray, but we call them all TV dinners. TV dinner is a specific brand of that. Photoshop. Photoshop. That's that app thing uh, where you can uh, take a picture and uh, take things out of it, put things in it, you know, play around with it and all that stuff. Photoshop is a brand. There are many, many other apps that do the same thing as Photoshop, but we refer to that entire thing as Photoshop, even though Photoshop is just one specific brand of picture reorganization, let's call it, or fake picture making. Band-Aids. There's a great example, huh? I cut my finger. Can you get me a Band-Aid? I, I have Curad. Can we use Curad? No, I want the Band-Aid brand specifically. But Curad is a Band-Aid. Well, Band-Aid is a Band-Aid. Band-Aid is actually a brand. But we refer to all of them as Band-Aids. But there are other brands involved. There's going to be a test after I'm finished, by the way. I hope you're listening. Post-it notes. That's a brand. Post-it note is an established brand. Yet, any little jotting square piece of paper, which is manufactured by a lot of different companies, but we call them all post-it notes. Post-it notes is just a specific brand of little pieces of square paper that we scribble on. Xerox. Don't know if that's as used as it was back in the 80s and 90s, that kind of thing. Uh, Xerox was the leading uh, copy machine manufacturer. All copy machines uh, were basically manufactured by Xerox. Then IBM, IBM came along, uh, Hewlett-Packard, uh, many other manufacturers, huge manufacturers that made copy machines. Yet in an office, and I don't know if they use this term anymore, but in an office you would typically hear somebody uh, say, are, are, can you, are you going into the uh, room over there? Can, can you make a Xerox of this? We would use that particular brand to describe the entire industry. Good for you, Xerox. Nice job. We do it with Crock-Pots. Crock-Pot is a specific brand. But any, there's a lot of manufacturers that make those uh, slow cookers is basically the generic term. But we say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a crock pot tonight, even though that's not the brand of what you're using. And those are just a few uh, examples of uh, Jeep. Jeep, that's a specific manufacturer. But we also consider it to be a type of vehicle. But it originally was just a manufacturer that made a Jeep. But we generically call it a Jeep. All right, kids, time for recess. Uh, 
There'll be a test in about 10 minutes. See how much of that you can retain. I just thought that was fascinating. It's it's a matter of familiarity in our society, you know, that makes us comfortable with what we say. And I think it's pretty cool. All right, uh, we're going to take a, a little bit of a break. You know, I I am grateful for your listenership, I must say. Uh, it's really not so bad. We do make, uh, you know, enough of a living doing this show, but your donations really do help above and beyond so that I can buy my drugs and drink my alcohol. Only kidding, that's a joke. I know it's not that funny because some people actually have problems with that, but what I'm saying is the extra cash is nice and your donations are always accepted. The Ron Van Dam Show is made possible by generous contributions from listeners like you. Except you, Jerry. You're a turd. We're sending your money back to you. Don't ever send money here again, Jerry. You know perfectly well why. Final warning. You haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten, Jerry. Okay? Like $14 was going to smooth things over with Ron. No, Jerry. Just fucking no. We will send people to your house. For everyone who's not Jerry, thank you. And we return you to the Ron Van Dam Show. Turn off the podcast, Jerry. We mean it. Okay, well, thank you anyway. I don't know. Well, the groundhog uh, emerged yesterday. I did a whole show about it. Not a whole show, but I certainly referred to it on yesterday's program. About another one of our social displays of weirdness. I swear, if, if there was an alien spacecraft that came from another galaxy, and there are on a regular basis, and they landed on this planet and started looking around, they'd say, hey, get the hell out of here. Let's get off this strange planet. It's, look, at the, look at these people. They're odd. What are those they're wearing on their legs? Sweatpants? That's not acceptable. Look at these people. They're, they're, they're watching a gerbil uh, come out of a hole and figuring out if they're going to have a long season or not based on whether it sees a shadow, if, if it's sunny outside. Get me off this planet. Let's go back to our galaxy. This place is odd. It really is. I, th- I think the one big takeaway from an alien spacecraft, if they landed on the planet and walked around, I think their, their, their most common comment would be, oh, you know, from, from space, that looks like a beautiful planet. But then when you land on it, these people are fucking it up. Wow. What's wrong with these people? They should be embracing it and, and loving it and happy and, and loving. They have such a beautiful place. Their existence on this beautiful globe should be so euphoric. But look, they're all depressed and unhappy and frustrated and anxious, and they're ruining the actual planet that they're living on that's so beautiful from space. What a bunch of assholes. Let's rename this planet, not Earth. Let's call it Asshole Land. I do believe that's what they would think. I cannot confirm that. That's my belief system. 
Uh, I know. I know. You agree with me, don't you? Yeah, because that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Every year it gets a little bit worse. More wars, more conflict. Countries trying to invade each other and annihilate each other. In that, that United States country that they tout being so wonderful, look at that. They got a thing called Congress. They got Republicans and Democrats, and they refuse to work together, and everybody suffers accordingly, but they don't care. What a strange place that is. How could that be stranger? Everybody wants to get along, and yet nobody makes the effort to do it. It's amazing place is nuts <laughs> it is nuts it is very i know because I, I live on the planet i i realize how nuts it is yeah yeah we uh we actually create we, we have robots here i've talked about that many times but we have robots um and they make phone calls apparently the robots are making phone calls uh i don't understand why um, I feel like making a phone call to Verizon. I, I have Verizon for my cell phone service, and I, it's very hard for me to admit that because it makes me out to be an idiot. And I feel like calling up Verizon, and then uh, and I have to speak to a robot to get through to a human being. Isn't that odd? I can't just talk to a human being anymore. I have to go through a whole robot system. Hi, my name is Bobby. I can help you with whatever your problem is. What is your problem? I hate you, Bobby. I want to speak to a human. I'm sorry. I do not understand what you just said. Goodbye. That's true. If I can ever get few, uh, few if I can ever get through, use the wrong word there. If I can ever get through to a Verizon representative. They would say, uh, hello, my name is Betty, um, uh, and your your name is? My name is Frustrated. Why are you charging me so much money when other companies don't charge me as much? I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. Goodbye. Yeah, anyway, fine. Fine, wonderful. What a wonderful, wonderful system. Yeah, thanks for the robots. That was fun. Put people out of work. Replace it with inefficient manners of customer service. Nice. Good job. Well performed. Bravo. Impressive. I'm telling you, if one company, if just one company decided we're not using robots, when you call our customer service, a person is going to answer. A person. A live human being. We're going to hire them and give them jobs and pay them nicely and make them love to come to work. So you call our company, you use our product. If you have any problem, when you call, a live human being will pick up. You will never talk to a robot. My response, I'm in, baby. I don't care what you're selling. I'm in because you get it. You'll be a, 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 oh, it'll be revolutionary. It'll be revolutionary. Use that in your advertising. Use our cell phone company. When you call, it's only human beings, no robots. When you call, you'll be greeted by an actual human being. Got it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm raising my hand. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. 
Edie, I'm in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, my guest will be joining us. You hungry? Looking to try somewhere new for dinner tonight? Come to that bar near your house with a new chef out on work release, ready to tempt your taste buds with delicious specials. Start off with deep-fried meat and cheese things, crispy on the outside and nearly warm on the inside, with a house-made dipping sauce that's almost certainly just mayonnaise and ketchup. How about a pepperoni pizza served hot and fresh out of the supermarket? Or the big quarter pound hamburger cooked just the way you like it, as long as the way you like it is well done or inedibly raw? Order a local craft beer from a wide selection that includes IPAs. IPAs, and of course, IPAs. And when you're ready for dessert, the bartender can point you to some place that actually does that kind of thing. Ready for dinner? Head to that bar near your house. Not too far to drive, just a little too far to walk. We'll see you there. John Baldwin is here. He's Executive Vice President of Government Solutions. And, uh, well, uh, it's a pleasure having you here. Unfortunately, we're talking about something that uh, uh, gets to all of us, and that's uh, traffic and road safety. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. Uh, we talk about this all the time. It's, it threatens all of us, uh, and you're involved in uh, trying to make this better. We are. And as you mentioned, you know, in 2021, we reached a 16-year high in fatalities on our roadways. Yeah. Um, and the situation doesn't seem to be improving in the, the first part of 2022, looking at the statistics that were released by National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. There, um, uh, yeah. It's, so we, go on. I'm sorry. Like I said, we lost more than 42,000 people yeah. in, uh, in 2021 alone. So we've got an obligation to do something to improve the situation. Yeah, I mean, road safety is it's it's drivers, it's pedestrians, it's cyclists. I mean, it's like everybody that uh, goes near that road thing. Uh, apparently, um, what do you think are some of the reasons that this keeps increasing? Is it that there are more cars on the road, cell phone usage? Uh, what is it? It, it? It's a combination of, of different factors. You know, the, the causality. We we could spend a lot of time on, on lots of research, but. Yeah, we, at Vera Mobility, we tend to focus on the things that we can control, which are the driving behaviors. And we work with our law enforcement and government partners to find ways to leverage technology to, tr to change the unsafe driving behaviors that are causing some of these, these, these crashes on our roadways. It used to be, when I was growing up, it was an age group, age group kind of thing where it was uh, the young drivers just starting out that caused uh, the bulk of the accidents. I think that uh, they were thrown around like a 50% uh, a number back then. Um, is it the same deal here, or is it uh, more of a mixture of, of every age? Yeah, you know, I, I think when we look at the, the percentages, we, we focus much more on, you know, every every fatality that could be avoided is one that we should, we should find a way to improve. Um, so whether it be, uh, you know, a, a, an elderly person or a, or a young driver just starting out, we, we want them to all to be aware that the behaviors they're exhibiting on the roadways are resulting in unsafe conditions for everyone around them. So the more we can drive awareness that improving their driving capabilities is going to improve the safety of the people next to them on the roadway. Does weather pay, uh, play a major factor or that kind of, that this can happen in perfect road conditions? It, it can happen in perfect road conditions. Um, 
you know, one, one thing we do see is just if you think about pedestrians, which you mentioned, if a person hit by a car traveling 20 miles an hour is five times, five times more likely to survive an accident, uh, a crash than someone hit by a car traveling 35 miles per hour. Yeah. So speed, speed is clearly a, uh, an element in survivability of crashes. Um, what what are some of the answers, uh, John? Is is it more traffic uh, enforcement? Is it is it more education? I mean, what 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 can we work on that'll actually make an impact? Well, as a company, Vera Mobility deploys cameras and, and provides software so that we can, you know, enforce all of the the laws of our road using automated enforcement, and that's in partnership with government officials and our law enforcement. Um, and we, that's been proven effective to change driving behaviors. Um, we've seen, you know, kind of the overall, you know, death rate of, uh, of cities where we're deployed comes down because the driving behaviors have significantly changed. With our zero-end pledge, we want to take it one step further and say it shouldn't just raise your awareness and change your driving behavior because you get a, a traffic ticket or a citation. You should also think about, you know, safety is a choice, and it's a choice we make every day. Yeah, so how do we bring that first and foremost into our mind and, and be conscious of the, the driving behaviors we're exhibiting on the roadways and the potential conditions and the resulting crashes that would be would happen if we get distracted or we're not paying attention or we lose track of our speed? Yeah. So it, it is a choice for all of us. Yeah. You know, another factor, which uh, I've, I live in the Boston area. Boston is, uh, I think, number one in the country for traffic. Congratulations there. Um and I realize that 75% of the time when I'm sitting in traffic, it's only because there's an accident somewhere along the route. And that, should, that in itself should, should, I mean, that makes me feel like, well, if there weren't so many accidents, I could get to work on time. Um, it's, we, we all pay a price even if we're not in the accident. Absolutely. I, I lived in uh, Medford for 10 years, so I experienced uh, that firsthand. There you go. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, there's definitely, you know, traffic flow improvements that can happen if we have fewer accidents on our road as well, in addition to, you know, reducing the human impact just in terms of fatalities and injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so your company gets involved in, in trying to, uh, trying to resolve, um, what are some of the actual resolves, uh, that you've found through, through what you do? So, you know, just as a couple of examples, um, New York City shared the pedestrian deaths and overall traffic fatalities are down by 8% in the city. Uh-huh. And that's one of the, the largest cities in terms of automated enforcement in the world. Um, another one is fatal crashes in Pennsylvania work zones have continued to decline with 25% reduction as compared to numbers prior to the implementation of automated work zone enforcement. Yeah. Um, so what we're seeing is there, there's a continued trend of where automated enforcement is deployed it is proving to be an effective tool at changing the unsafe driving behaviors. And we can see that in the resulting outcomes of fewer fatalities and fewer crashes. What, what actually happens when, when this is employed? How, how does that actually technically work? So, so if you think about traffic cameras, it's probably the most fundamental one. Right. If we set up a traffic camera to, to focus on speed on a roadway, 100% of the people violating the, the laws of the roadway will get a traffic citation. Good. Um, yeah. Go on? No, no. Yeah, go on. I, but, but I mean, I, I understand that completely. I mean, that's most people that speed don't see any cops around, so they're good. And that's not the case anymore with what you're doing here, right? 
Exactly. So, so it, it raises the awareness in people's minds. Like, if I speed on this road, I will 100% get a ticket. Good. And you can see that in the driving behaviors. And when people run red lights or they run a, a bus uh, stop arm camera, there's very little um, repeat behavior of the same person doing it again. Mm-hmm. You know, so they are they are proven effective at changing that driving behavior. And it's the it's the fatalities that uh, we're really focused on because that's uh, that's the ultimate pain. I mean, both for families and for the person itself, quite obviously, and those that witness it. I mean, that's when when we talk fatalities, we're talking about people losing their lives, obviously, and that's all another ball game than a fender bender, right? Exactly. But even the even the simplest fender bender can turn into a fatality if it's with a yes, pedestrian. Absolutely, no, that's absolutely true. But I'll, I'll tell you something, John. I mean, I, you know, when you drive through school zones, even when you're going like uh, 10 miles an hour, some of those kids, they, they're not even looking where they're going. They are focused on their phones as they're walking the crosswalk. It's just like, I feel like, you know, getting out of the car and saying, excuse me, do you realize that what you're doing just because you haven't been hit yet doesn't mean you won't be? I mean, man, awareness is, do they teach this in schools? I mean, that really gets to me. I don't know if they teach it in school. I can remember uh, my, my mother made me hold her hand until I could prove that I would look both uh-huh. ways. Um, you know, I think mobile phones are kind of you know push, pushing the kids back in time, so now they're behaving like three-year-olds when they're crossing exactly, the street. Exactly, exactly. Um, so so the, the awareness comes from both sides. As a pedestrian, you've got a responsibility to keep yourself safe as well. Yeah. You know, jumping in front of a car is not safe behavior to, to share our roadways with the vehicles. No, what you're doing is you're playing chicken. Like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the crosswalk. You're going to stop. No, they're not. You know, it's just, well, okay. You're taking some major chances here. All right. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, where do we go to get more information on this? So if you go to our website at veramobility.com, um, we've got a pledge that you can sign up for just to, to take your own personal pledge about mm-hmm. improving your own awareness of your, of your behaviors on the roadway. Um, and we have all the statistics and we've got actual video that you can see of, of some of these, um, behaviors happening. Great. So, so please join it, join us in improving the safety of our roadways. And that's, uh, V E R R A mobility. Thank you so much Correct. for your time, John. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back again on Monday with a brand new show. But until then, I wish you peace. Peace.